It's episode 111 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from the owner of Fa's Handmade Soaps, Candles, and More. I'm referring to Fatima Martinez. Welcome. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be part of the podcast. Me too. Any way to showcase what people are doing here locally? I mean, anytime people are starting a business, in particular women, I'm always y'all's number one cheerleader because I love that you're pursuing this. And also, I love your name. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a book called The Alchemist, and there's a woman in it named Fatima that's like this like the perfect woman for the protagonist and so it's just like it's the name of like a beautiful woman is how I always associate with it oh wow I really I really didn't know about that book but now that you mention it I'm definitely looking forward to find it in time to read it it's good it's a good one and actually you can listen to the audiobook on YouTube it's like two hours uh oh really yeah yeah it's really good (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good book I recommend it's called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho uh, so, oh. Fatima, are you from Corpus? Yes, I was born and raised here. My elementary was Savala, and mm-hmm. then I jumped to Savala to Driscoll, and then from Driscoll I went to Carroll, and then from Carroll I went to AM Corpus, and then I transferred out to AM Kingville. I started a major in communication disorders, uh, basically speech language pathology. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in their graduate program and their master's. Congratulations. Thank you. That's fantastic. Cause yeah, you just got your, and this is going to sound weird that I know this, but I go on y'all's Instagrams and look, you know, look back at like what you guys You're have right. accomplished. And so you just graduated with your bachelor's in May, right? Yes. Man, just in May. that is fantastic. From Tamu K. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Kingsville. Yeah. That's uh that's fantastic. So why speech pat- language pathology in particular? So it was really, so I had a teacher in high school that was like, so what's your, what do you plan on like doing after high school? And I was like, Oh, you know, uh, I, I, I was really going for the internal medicine side. So I was really like into internal medicine and that's what I wanted to do. I shadowed Dr. Vela and then I ended up going to TEMUCC and majored in biomedical sciences. I started to take the, you know, the basic classes like biology, chemistry, anatomy. And I was, uh, I kind of started thinking, do I really want to do internal medicine? So I Googled my options. I researched my options. I went back to what my other, uh, another teacher had told me in high school. And he was like, you'd be a good speech language pathologist. And another career counselor, Ms. Susan Irwin, uh, she mentioned, you would be a good speech language pathologist. So I had two different teachers that mentioned to me that I would make a good speech language pathologist. I was kind of hesitant at first because I had never heard of a speech language pathologist. I was in a senior in high school, so I really don't, I wasn't experienced with what a speech language pathologist does. So I ended up uh, just putting it on the back burner and then went to TAMACC, did biomed for my first year of college. And then uh, there was one point where I was like, do I, do I really want to be a doctor or do I really want to be an internist? And I went and decided to transfer over to Texas A&M University, Kingsville. This, this was the nearest program to Corpus mm-hmm. for speech language pathology. So I basically uh, decided like one day and then the next day I was already in Kingsville 
apartments and are registering for courses. This was over the summer, so it would be really easy transition. So it wasn't like something out of the blue. And like all my classes transferred over. And what was really awesome about it as well is I, I still graduated a year early. So even though I like changed like my career path, I still ended up graduating three years for the four year degree. So wow. um, after that Yeah. Good job. Awesome. Thank you. And after that I decided to oh well during my senior semester, my spring semester, I applied for just program and basically started right after I graduated. So it's like boom, boom, boom. I know. I mean, clearly it was meant to be, you know, because, you know, just when you were questioning whether or not this was the right path, you had those, you know, two professors or teachers guiding you in that kind of way. So for people who don't know, myself included, what does it mean to be a speech language pathologist? So a speech language pathologist can actually do uh, treat both adults and uh, pediatrics. So basically your articulation problems, your little one can't say, uh, there are their language problems, their social communication, uh, Basically, all of those aspects, uh, injuries due to complications of birth, of mild, moderate, um, we also work with apraxia of speech, uh, autism, we work with uh, basically a lot of different diagnoses, and we also work with voice disorders and fluency disorders like stuttering. Okay. And for, yes. And then for, like, of communication, how our minds work in a way, like, memory and attention and problem solving. And we also work with feeding and swallowing. So, like, um, that's what we call dysphagia. And we, like, monitor, like, how someone swallows, how someone chews. And then for, like, our adult patients, it's more like aphasia like if they had a stroke or they had a tbi or stuff like that so it, it really ranges is a little bit of everywhere it's not only wolves. yeah that's a, i'm so sorry it's like of course when a podcast is going on someone decides to come ring the doorbell and my dog starts barking so apologies it's like i made the interruption happen because remember i was like oh someone walks in no big deal because it typically doesn't happen on my end and here we are so when did you start the master's program i started the master's in august of 2018. okay so that okay so that makes sense so you've been in there a year and so how has yeah. that experience changed since coronavirus, you know, graced us with her presence? Well, it's drastically changed profession um, in a way where everything's more teletherapy. So everything's like everything is on a video chat and like doing the therapies online and um, doing evaluations online. So it's really different and we have to be like more consistent on knowing like the ethical considerations using telepractice and like having our families be participant in getting the kids to show up to their speech therapy online and 
adapting to the new technology because, uh, I mean, it's something not new field, but it's definitely something that wasn't as used as, you know, showing up to a speech therapy right. in person online. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people had to learn real quick. It's like at first, being able to do these like telemedicine or, you know, tele attending a therapy session was an option. Now it's a requirement, you have to be able to do it. I mean, you could see. So for those of y'all listening, it's going to be edited. But the first five minutes of this podcast was on a zoom call. And both of us were just like freezing and the audio was weird. And so we ended up just having to go to telephone. And so it's one of those things where everybody is adjusting and learning. And do you feel like, you know, these people are, are uh, able to catch on pretty quick so that way they can maintain their, uh, their, their, um, their program when it comes to, you know, the speech pathology? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, there's resources out there where our therapists are always like looking for ways to, you know, be up to date and provide the best therapy that is possible for the services that they're going to be rendering to their clients. So it's a lot of uh, trial, trial and error, but at the same time, it's a lot of success because you do, there are a lot of articles suggesting that therapy, telepractice is just as reliable as uh, in-person therapy, basically, especially for like clients with stuttering and uh, or um, clients for like articulation disorders or pediatrics. It's really as successful as in-person. Wow. And so, yeah. I mean, and that to me is a is a really good thing because I think that would be one of the first things people will be concerned about, right? Well, am I not getting more bang for my buck if I'm in the office with you? And so that helps that, you know, you guys know this is just as effective as in-person uh, therapy. Right. And also telepractice has been in the, it's been really used of like, rural areas so if someone needed services like let's say in the middle of wyoming or in the middle of like montana and there's no speech language pathologist within a reasonable distance they opt for um, oh okay no that actually makes a lot of sense so people who are in like rural areas or something rather than having to travel into a bigger city could just teleconference in that's perfect and so in the master's program, are you actually already, what, what do you, because I know like in medicine, they do clinicals, right? Before you actually become a doctor or nurse or anything like that. Is that what you're Correct. doing right now? Are they, are they called clinicals or what are they called? They're called, so basically our first semester, we are, ex, like we have client, we have a client, basically we have our client and we have a co-clinician. So it's like our co Co, like our co-speech language pathologist student. So that other person has a client. So we basically have exposure to two clients. So we know our client, like what we're going to be working on, if it's stuttering or articulation or if it's someone with a face or, or language deficit. So like basically we have two different types of clients. Try to pair us with two different types of clients. So we have exposure to two different disorders. So after that, uh, that happens in the fall due to the corona virus. So when it comes to the clinicals, our last year of school, schooling, which starts right now next week, 
it would be half a semester at a school, pediatric usually, pediatric uh, clinical. Mm-hmm. It, it's called a pediatric externship, and then our spring semester would be a adult externship. Okay, wow. And so this this is a two-year program for you to complete? So are you in your, your last year, or there's one more year? Uh, yes, I'm in my last year. Wow! So what are your plans after graduating with your master's? So the plan is uh, to... I would really like to work with, like, the pediatric population. That's, like, my, my heart and soul. And, like, I really like kids, and I really like to be involved with them. So something maybe in the pediatric side, pediatric hospital or pediatric or like a school or a school setting. And after that, I want to find time and um, I'm like proposing myself to maybe go back to school for my doctorate, but I actually want to do it in educational leadership. I find an interest in that. So that's my ultimate goal for, I guess, like in the next three years. Wow. Okay. That's really, really great that you have a plan like that for, I mean, it sounds like since you graduated high school, essentially. Um, so that brings me to your starting your own business, which actually happened pretty recently, right? Yes, it did. Actually, uh, during April when the pandemic started or March, April. Yeah. And so you call it Foz Handmade Soaps, Candles, and More. And so what was the inspiration behind starting this business? So the inspiration originally came from my sister. She was actually making soaps for fun. Like, like she just made it one day, and I was like, oh, look, this is a cute soap I made. I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really cute. And I ended up with, like, and I was telling her, why don't you sell them? They look really cute. I feel like people would buy them. And she was like, no, no one would buy them. What are you thinking? Like, no, no one's going to buy soap. <laughs> and I was like, no, definitely do it. And she's like, no, if you want to do it, you do it. <laughs> So it kind of went like that. And I ended up buying what I needed, and I just started it. And it was one, like, I just woke up in the morning and said I was going to go buy the supplies and I went to go buy the supplies and came home and made uh, probably like 60 soaps in one day. And wow. I- <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a, really- well, I mean, you just sound like the kind of person that's like, I have an idea and I'm just going to go for it. Like you're the, uh, instructor said, Hey, you should check out speed pathology. And you're like, okay. And then you did it. And now you're about to graduate with your master's and then you know, your sister's like, if you want to do it, then, you know, by all means. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> Have you always been that way? Uh, yes, I really was. I I was a really good go-getter and really pushy, like very determined for sure. Yeah, that has always been an admirable characteristic that people have is when they don't really second guess themselves and just go for it and so tell me about the first soap that you made what was the scent and were you happy with how it looked the first scent i want to say it was a eucalyptus and i went crazy on the decoration i kind of wanted it to look like kind of like a space within a soap so i made like a little design on it it should be on my instagram it's like a green soap Mm-hmm. Towards the end age, and I, I was like, "Oh, let me try to make something really cool." I, I'm looking. Oh yes, it's it looks kind of like a space, like you're looking like a galaxy, and it's green. It has a little, uh, little 
pieces of eucalyptus in there. And I, I just went from there and I made from lavender to oatmeal. And actually the oatmeal is really one of the best selling ones. A lot of people say that they really like the texture and they really like the scent. And, uh, that's what really happened. I made my first eucalyptus and I thought it was cute and I just decided to make more. How do you learn how to make soap? Like, is it like your sister taught you how, and then you just kind of picked it up from there? Or did you develop your own technique? You know, like, how did you go about learning the process? The learning of the process was a lot of also um, watching, like, YouTube videos and, like, learning from other crafters that are, like, you know, showing their ideas on YouTube. I learned from them as well. And my sister, she, she taught me, like, okay, well, you need to let it dry or, like, you need to do this. And it basically was a lot of, like, learning from that. And then it was also a lot of, like, uh, melt and pour. So it's, it's like a type of soap you can, you can make. Oh, wow. So is it just all with, like, basic ingredients that you can get here locally that you're able to make your soap with? Yeah. Or I actually order a lot of, like, online just because sometimes what I have is, like, not what I need or, like, it's, uh, there's not a lot left because of COVID. Hobby Lobby oh, was always packed. that makes with, sense. Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that because, yeah, people found that they were home more and so they wanted to start getting crafty. So, yeah, that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, so everything, go ahead. like, uh, sold out. Everything was sold out. So it was kind of harder. I didn't even think about that. Well, fortunately, you were able to get stuff online. The online markets were making a killing. And <laughs> so did you experiment with your favorite scents? How did you come up with the lineup? Because they sound like they smell really good. The lineup, I actually recently just started to make scent, and I just found, like, super close. I can say it smells exactly like the Circle E candles, the ones from Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. like Birds of Paradise from them. So it's, like, very close, and um, it's a lot of experimenting, like a lot of mixing and uh, finding the right scent that goes with what scent to make, what like, whatever scent I want to make, or stuff like that. See, that part sounds like it's a lot of fun, right? So do you, are your parents like your guinea pigs? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you test your sense on other people? So my mom is really helpful with the candle. She, uh, she is basically the candle maker. Like, she is very involved as well with the candles. So she is also the one that, like, mixes things around and says, hmm, let's try this one. And... She's really helpful to the whole process. So she gets to smell them and the family members get to smell them and be like, okay, yes, this one smells like birds of paradise or like this one smells like coconut or stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool because it sounds like it really has turned into a family affair kind of thing. Uh, right. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it also sounds like you're, you know, just by going back on your Instagram, your parents have been like hugely supportive of like your whole college career and your business endeavor. For sure, they have. They have really supported me, um, especially like sometimes we'll be about to go get dinner. Oh, wait, I need to go drop this off like to a customer or you know stuff like that like very supportive oh i need to go to the post office 
So then you also just recently went into uh, also offering car air fresheners and wax melts. So tell me about the air fresheners because they're, I don't even understand how those are made or how you get the scent to stay in them. So basically those air fresheners, you have to leave them in the scent for a couple of days. And then you have your aroma beads and you leave it there for a couple of days. You let them set in and uh, you just bake them afterwards and you're good to go. And you just pack them on and you're good to go and you just put them out. And I like to put little labels on them just in case, like, always hang your freshies, um, like safety instructions, because that's also important to add on to your products, like your, your, you know, your precautions that your customers should take, your suggestions. I definitely agree with that, and I'm going to tell you why. So I went to a wedding, a wedding last year, and they had fa- favors on the table, and the favors were little mini, like, pandulce. And uh-huh. so I was like, oh, awesome. Like, these are probably chocolates. And I put one that was shaped like a concha in my mouth and chewed it, oh. and it was soap. And oh. <laughs> Yeah, because nothing said, this is soap, do not eat. So I, oh, my. oh yeah. And I wasn't the only one who did it, but it was still just one of those things where you're all dressed up and you're there to have a good time and you just ate soap. You know what I mean? Cause it wasn't like labeled oh. properly. So wow. yeah, that's my embarrassing story, but also supports why you have precautions on your products, which I very much appreciate from someone who's eaten soap recently. Actually, now that you mention it, I did make some for a party and I added them. So they know it was soap. <laughs> yes, it, I, I'm telling you because there's people like me, and especially if the soaps are little, look like little pieces of candy or little pieces of food. I mean, the the soap was in the shape of pandulce. Like, who's not going to eat that? That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people are probably listening to this, and like, I wouldn't eat it because I would know it was soap. But okay, for people like me who maybe had a drink already and was just having a good time and thought it was food we need the disclaimer okay so fatima i appreciate that you include those uh yes and then you also started incorporating wax melts so tell me about that so basically as you're making candles you're going to have you know um wax heating up so why not use the the wax that's already being heated up and make wax melts it's basically essentially the same thing you just pour it into another different container and you're good to go exactly no it's so smart because like you said you're really getting more like you're offering more with the product that you have and so how do you go about getting wax do they just sell wax anywhere is that another thing you get online and it's another thing i do online so um you'd be surprised how many places sell wax uh so you just I also like to go for the soy wax with because the paraffin wax um, isn't as good for you in the long run. Like it's not like it has uh, it's like hazardous. Mm-hmm. I guess for your health, um, they can be irritating to your eyes and throat, and can like it has like side effects. So I go for soy wax, which is more more of the best. Like, I guess you can say consistency. 
Yeah, I remember hearing that too, actually pretty recently, that a lot of the scented candles that you buy out are made of the, did you call it paraffin wax? Yeah. Yeah, that that it has like a, yeah, like contaminants in it that um, could potentially interfere with the air quality in the home or something. I had no idea. So I think that's great that you're being discerning with the products that you're using. That's so important. Right. And like whenever I make my stuff, I like to start, um, I've been using recently like face mask and, um, because like, uh, just, just to be careful as well. Cause you know, uh, smelling so many things at the same time, like it's probably not good for you. So I just keep myself like, you know, safe. No, that's smart. And that's, a, that actually brings me to another question. Do you find, do you ever become nose blind or anything whenever you're experimenting? Do you find that you're unable to differentiate between scents after a while? At first, actually, people like uh, family members would like come to our home and we'd be like, oh my gosh, it smells so good. And then we were like, okay, like we don't smell it anymore. Like it's so, we're so used to it now. Like our house smells like, I guess, candles and air fresheners and a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can think of worse things, right? Like that that sounds actually pretty amazing that your house just is like always smelling good. And so something that I saw that you just recently did was you started making bundles and selling bundles. So you'll have like an air freshener, a candle, a soap, and a, and a wax a melt or something like that. So how did you come up with that idea? So I came up with that idea, well, going back to bath, uh, uh, bath, bed and bath what's it called bath and body works Mm -hmm. and i noticed i mean they do their little package deals especially for the holidays that are coming up so i decided you know why not give it a try like make little bundles and uh see how popular they go so i decided to do why not a little bit of everything a wax mount candle and a car freshie and um when like at bed bath and um bed uh bath and body works the, the bundles are a little bit more, I want to say. The bundles are cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, shop local, and it has all the different types of things you would want for your home. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So people can try a little bit of everything um, to see, you know, what everything smells like and the consistencies of the soaps and all that. Um, have you ever considered doing pop-ups in the future? Yes, I have, but with the whole COVID, it's kind of hard right now to find a market that isn't already capped at their crafters, mm-hmm. uh, like they're already capped in the ca- crafters category. Yeah, and I that's actually something I didn't even consider. It's like there used to be pop-ups every weekend, and now... Like you said, because everybody's still trying to maintain some level of social distancing, they're really not encouraging big crowds to go anywhere and shop, you know? So that's one of those that I think, I think they'll be back soon, but how soon is the question, right? Um, So you said something else that actually has me pretty excited, that the holidays are coming up and maybe you would potentially want to jump on that and do some holiday-themed candles or soaps. Oh, yes. I actually just ordered uh, some pumpkin spice and some pump, 
an apple cinnamon, like a p- apple pie scent, and I ordered and I ordered clean cotton recently as well, and I ordered. I'm trying to find the the email with my order. Nice. <laughs> so now we know what we have to look forward to. Yes, top sellers, Lone Star. Yeah, I think my, I mean, we like having scents in the house year round, but our favorites, like like most people's, I think, are the holiday themed ones just because it really puts you in the spirit. Right. Right. Let me try. I'm actually going to go buy and find what I bought. Right on. And and while you're doing that, what has been your, your favorite scented candle and soap that you have made so far? The Baja Cactus. It smells fresh and like it smells like if you just went into a spa. It smells so amazing. And actually, I'm out because it's so amazing. <laughs> wow. What's it called? Uh, Baja Cactus. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm already interested. Wait, so how do we order stuff from you? Because I know you, you just started your Instagram page. So what what's your Instagram handle? So the uh, basically all my orders are through Instagram. So you can DM me and mention what you want. You can ask me what I have in stock and I'll reply to you. I usually reply within like two minutes. So I'm really fast responder. And I also do Facebook. I have a Facebook page where everyone can order as well. So Bob's Handmade Soaps as well. So basically Instagram and Facebook. Facebook and Twitter. Twitter I use sometimes and I use it to promote myself as well. Um, to, you know, let the, my followers know that I do, do the, do have my business and handles and car fresheners as well. I actually found the scent that I just ordered. So I ordered pumpkin spice, mulberry, pumpkin souffle, and autumn harvest. So those are said to be the top sellers. So that's what I'm going to be putting out there in the next two weeks or not even like next week. Wow. Yeah, because it's already, I mean, September is, I mean, what, two weeks away-ish? Yes. Like a week and a half away. Um, yes. So, yeah, this year is flying by, and so it's good that you're already going to be on, you know, jumping on that because those holiday scents, I, people are just ready to feel good. People are ready to get into the holiday spirit, especially with the way this year has been. And I think your candles are definitely going to help people achieve that, which is why I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to order my first. I'm like, I'm one, this Baja cactus. It sounds amazing. So how, it's well, yeah, if you say it's your favorite, I got to smell it. <laughs> yes. So how long does it take you to make a candle? How long does that a take? So we usually start like, this is a night thing. We usually start like at nine at night and then we end up finishing like at two in the morning. So probably like eight, uh, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two. So probably like five to six hours to make for working on candles. Uh, wow. So in those six hours, I can probably make like 20 candles. Okay, okay, so that's definitely worth it. Um, so, yes, it's manageable. So, like, in between that, like, I'm, I'm not just making one. I'm, we're all making, like, 20. Okay, 
No, that's actually really smart. That that sounds like a good, efficient way to use your time. So something All else right. that I think is really amazing that you do is some of the soaps that you make have really ornate designs on them, like that rose one. Oh, yeah. How do you do that? So, uh, so there's actually molds already. Well, it looks there's so, I mean, the detail of it is just perfection. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Because I feel like there there has to be a certain technique to utilize the molds properly to get the most from them. Right. And you have to actually, like, let them dry and, like, be really careful to how you actually make them. Because it actually is, it can be tedious because once you uh, let it dry and if it's not completely dried, you can possibly just, like, mess up the whole soap and then you have to restart it again uh and so what made you decide to turn this into a legitimate business because you're an llc yes yeah i am so what made you decide to make that leap because that's a big step it is a big step so the thing was i started it when the whole pandemic started i started it because i had a job lined up uh for as an administrative assistant in a uh, clinic in Kingsville. So the thing was, I was going to use that that money I would raise to go to my study abroad to Belize for speech-language pathology. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that was, like, my main reason I had started this, because I didn't have that money about to be coming in. So I just started it because of that. And then uh, it went really well my first month. And I was like, well, I have to make it like a legitimate business if, you know, just to be like on the safe side. Like, I don't want anything to be weird later on where mm-hmm. you have this coming in. Where did it come from? Or, you know, like, you know, the whole legal way. We're, For sure. Like, we're on the not doing things in a weird way. So I decided to just put everything in and add more stuff. To the not just soaps, I added the car fresheners and the wax melts and the candles, and was like, let's just make it a business. And I decided to take it to the next level, and hopefully, it'll stay like that for a good while. And actually, um, it's just so much easier. I feel like just making it a legitimate business because you can actually reach out to you know bigger. Uh, agencies or companies like lenders like uh, title companies hey I make these car fresheners that are the shape of a home for your clients and then you send them the invoice and it's like more like appropriate for like bigger businesses mm-hmm. to buy from someone that like you know like it's more in place and actually a lot of the farmer markets were asking for um like a tax ID and stuff like that so I was like might as well just make it an LLC just to like protect myself and everything. Okay, that is super savvy. And that makes me so happy that you did that. Because you're right, a lot of people can kind of just kind of uh, go about that process differently and maybe put it off. And uh-huh. while it might be easier in the short term, in the long term, it's not doing them any favors. So well done. I think that is so Thank great. You. Yeah, I, uh, so, okay, so you're a full time student. And now you're a business owner. 
how does it feel to be doing both at once? Because I think it's really incredible. Oh, well, actually, I haven't. Oh, okay. Actually, I was going, I was taking classes while I started this business. So it was a little bit like, okay, Paul, you need to like put some time as well to do your schoolwork and do one day just school, like fix, like do your schoolwork. It's a lot, it's kind of hard for me to balance sometimes because I'm like really like, a, okay, let me do this and this and this and this in one whole day. I want to do everything in one day. Mm-hmm. So I told myself, okay, this is the day to just do sport. This is the day to just do the soap business. This is the day, like, I have to, like, manage my time like that. Because if not, I'm actually going to do everything and it's going to be a whole mess. <laughs> yes. So I, it's, it's really... It's just being a morning person and being a go-getter and, like, getting everything you can do in the meantime while you can, not wasting any time. Like, it's really, honestly, that, like, just not wasting time on other things or stuff like that. It's just being really consistent on what you're doing and using your time wisely, for sure. That, I really, really enjoy hearing that because I actually just got into a discussion today with a coworker. Who's like, you know, I, what did I do before social media? Cause it's t- such a time waster. And he's like, and I find myself, you know, seeing people doing things. I'm like, I could do that. Why am I not doing that? And it sounds to me like you have it figured out. Like you have to manage your time wisely and do what's important to you and, and, you know, really put some focus into what you care about. Right. And honestly, I guess I've always been like a really busy person, um, my during my bachelor's I was like in four organizations and then I was doing school and then like the end of my senior year I was working too so I did a little bit of everything I was everywhere so I've always kept myself busy like that yeah I think you're you're just a natural and so what would you say has been the most rewarding part of starting a business so far I guess the the most rewarding part was honestly listening to my customers say, hi, I really loved my candle. Hi, I really enjoyed my car freshener. Or, hey, I love my soap. I want to reorder more after, like, two weeks of ordering. Like, that's what's really amazing. Like, hearing back from reviews or, like, hearing back or hearing, hey, my friend ordered from you, but let me... I just I want some of your soaks or I want some of your car fresheners. So it's honestly really rewarding where I hear someone say someone uh, basically sent me over to you or someone mentioned that you were doing this and I want to really try it. So it's a lot of like hearing others spread the word is honestly the most amazing part. Yes. And I feel like nowadays, like uh, just a while ago, I said, you know how social media can be a time waster. But when you're a business owner, social media can be your best friend in terms of, you know, people spreading the word and essentially like free advertising. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like now is the time more than ever where, you know, word of mouth can be so incredibly effective on getting your product out. And so... Did you... And everyone... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. And everyone's shout-out is honestly really helpful. Absolutely. I mean, it's something as simple as sharing can get something so much attention. And right. so did you ever picture yourself being a business owner? Did you know you were going to be? 
Honestly, no. I never really thought about it, and I really, I mean, I guess, I guess I had thought about it, but I just didn't know what, like, I didn't know what I was going to bring to the table. That was honestly uh, what I didn't know what it would be, so thinking about, like, there was one moment where I was like, I think I have deja vu, like, I think I thought about this or streamed about this about, like, two, three years ago, but I probably, like, put it to the side, like, yeah, right, you're not going to feel so. I don't know. So, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely, like, not something I had planned, not something I had, I, I never saw, well, I did see myself maybe owning something later on, but not necessarily a candle business or a soap business and car fresheners. I really never really thought about it like that. And so it, it seems like a really great creative outlet. Like, do you find the process of making things with your hands to be satisfying? Yes, for sure. Especially whenever I'm done and I see how much I've done in, uh, in a day. See, I really feel like you've gotten it figured out because you're going to school for like your big career, which is very, you know, I mean, it's it's in the medical field and um, it's very like logic based. And then you're also doing your business, which is very much coming from a creative kind of intuitive mindset. So I feel like you have like a really great balance. Have you ever thought about it like that? A good balance? Yes, because I actually like also have like my you know, my school life, my personal life, my my business life, my my family time, my boyfriend time, my friend time. Like, I do know how to, like, balance a little bit of everything. Yeah, and I feel like so. that is so important when you're juggling as much as you are. And so what advice would you give to people who are maybe spinning a lot of plates and, you know... Like, what advice would you give them in order to make sure that they're, you know, maintaining that balance you were just talking about? I think finding a balance is really waking up in the morning and telling yourself, okay, I'm going to do this and this. Making a list. Make a list of everything you want to do and what you want to accomplish and what time frame you want to accomplish it. Let's say, oh, I need to write a paper from, or start on a paper from 8 to 9. Okay, start the paper. Once it hits nine, move on to the next thing. And then move on to the next thing. I need to go to the post office like at 11. Okay, make sure you go to 11. And then if you need to come back to that paper, come back to the paper. So it's kind of like really like managing your time, like kind of like on the dot. Well, not on the dot, but if it has to, like try to get everything done, what you wanted to get done in that day. I gotcha. No, and I feel- then having... Go ahead. At the end of the day. And then having that time at the end of the day for, like, you know, your family or your friends or, or like, your boyfriend. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like a lot of people struggle with this so much. Um, I think maybe more so before the we were forced to stay home. But I think people were trying to get so much done in one day, you know, that maybe they weren't getting anything done because there was a lot of pressure on them. So for people like you who are able to manage their time really well and still maintain their important relationships, I feel like it's important for people to hear what you have to say about that kind of thing. And so what can we expect in the future for Fa's Handmade Soaps, Candles, and More? In the near future, I 
plan on actually reaching out to local local boutiques, local um, stores around the area to maybe get my my products out there. Maybe in the near future, in the next month before the holidays, that would be a really good idea to get out more. The local boutiques that we do have in town and uh, just basically they are basically willing to have my products in there and stuff like that. That would be a good idea in the near future. And bringing more products to the table as well. Something I would like to do. Yeah, what do you think you'd want to experiment with next? Actually, I want to do like car fresheners, but you know how those like the like car fresheners, but like more, I guess, detailed. I would want to like dedicate more time, but those actually require more time. That's the thing. So that would probably be towards the holidays. I'd be making more car fresheners. Awesome. I'm so looking forward to your fall scents and then also your winter scents. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, and so we can follow you on Instagram at what's your handle one more time? A fog handmade soap. At Foz Handmade Soaps on Instagram. We can also find you on Facebook, Foz Handmade Soaps. Yeah, candles and more. Perfect. Yeah. And there we can see all the products that you offer and we can make orders on both of those platforms, right? Yes, and I can ship out. Um, I've, been, I've shipped out all the way to New York and... Wow. So it's a little bit of everywhere. So I have shipped out like from friends of friends or family's friends from like different states so it, it's really been a word of mouth that is fantastic well i'm going to be making my first order really soon and i'm really looking forward to it and fatima i want to thank you so much for being a guest for dealing with my technical difficulties and my barking dog and just all all the the fun mishaps that come with doing a remote uh, interview. So I really appreciate you and I can't wait to see uh, how your company grows. Thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot.